0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is To Stir With Love, a criminal justice reform podcast. You know, like after uh, last week, we had the All-Stars. I mean, you can't get the—it's almost like— we were on the top of the mountain there. I mean, in terms of the, the great legal minds of the 20th and 21st century. Um, so I think we sort of got it clear there. It's just going to be me and you tonight. Hey, yeah, Yitzko I mean, Kolakowski, the chief of chaplaincy in Weymark prison. Um, and surprise, we're going to be able to do it without any guests. We are going to be able to discuss an issue that maybe deserves uh a, a spotlight shined on it because it seems, at least from your perspective, that something should be done about it. That there is a a, a situation now in place that handcuffs you, pun intended, from perhaps pursuing what you think is 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 really a, a greater form of justice. Now I'm being very cryptic here, but what we're talking about is. Um, Interactions with um, incarcerated former incarcerated individuals uh, by anyone who works for the Department of Corrections. That if someone who has been working for the Department of Corrections comes into contact with anyone who is just someone who has who had been in prison. Um, Standard procedure, as you have discovered now, is that you need to f- file a report delineating the nature of your interaction with this person. And it has to be registered in order for, uh, I don't know, I guess your superiors to realize that this former incarcerated person now had a personal connection to a, a someone who had works works in a prison and now that they're keeping an eye on this they'll somehow realize that let's make sure that it doesn't get any further let's nip this in the bud um, and uh, I think you were telling me before we started recording that the same thing is true is that let's say you are a uh, a chaplain of course the chief of the chaplains or any chaplain who comes in or any CO And he discovers that there's someone in prison that they know from the outside, right? Somebody gets, uh, and that could happen. As we were saying before, it's very common that CO or chaplain or administrator needs to record in an official way that they happen to know this inmate and that they had a connection with that inmate uh, in some way or fashion. And, um, Yitzhak, uh, you believe that although it's more than just the paperwork that's bothering you here, and it's more than just the fact that Big Brother needs to know everything that's going on. Uh, I, mean, I,
1: I appreciate the paperwork because I understand the the security concerns that are there. I'm more concerned about, you know, are we? Are, what do they say? Spying, biting, spiting your nose to to.
0: To spite your face. You know, biting your
1: nose, bite your face. Yes. You know, to a certain extent, not not fully. Again, I recognize the value in this. It is something that's absolutely necessary to report these things. But I've had, I can, I'll tell you a few anecdotes of how in, in my, I think, relatively short career, how many, it's surprising how many times I've actually had to either fill out this report or. Um, or tell people that I supervise that they have to do so. So, um, you know, one very interesting case, you know, I have a, a wedding ministry, for lack of a better term, where I, I serve people of all different religions uh, as I won't do intermarriage, I won't do other things that are connected to halacha, but as far as with it, you have a, a, a man and a woman and they're not Jewish, uh, I I. Perform some of the civil ceremony i've done probably over a thousand such ceremonies over the past uh 15 years and it's you know something nice to do on the side and it's it's actually kind of fun actually to be to be honest so one day uh well i'll start with last night what what reminded me of this and these are two very different types of situations so last night I uh, I got last minute. It was uh, on the secular calendar. It's Valentine's Day, and I get a request to perform a wedding. mom uh, was last minute. They said we got our, our marriage license just became valid because in Pennsylvania there's I think a three day waiting period, and we're looking for someone who can legally perform the ceremony, which I can do, uh, and. And there's a lot of complicated laws there in Pennsylvania about who can, not just anybody can perform a wedding in Pennsylvania, but it happens that I can, we don't have to get into that. And uh, so they said, could you come to this this town? It was about two hours away from Waymart. And I had been there before because there's actually another state prison in the town. And I, you know, done some trainings there or other things there at, at that state prison. And... Uh, you know, so I'm familiar with the area somewhat. I I get there, and the groom he's I was wearing something that said I was a chaplain. So the groom said, "Oh, were you a chaplain?" I said, "You know, just innocently making conversation." So I said, "Oh, I, I'm a chaplain at Waymart." He said, "Oh," he, he said, "He just got out of this other state prison over there, uh, and he also was uh, served in several other prisons, served time." So. Uh, it was uh it was kind of curious but you know we had a nice you know we we kind of bonded over that we spoke about how chaplaincy you know he he spoke about the different chaplains and the different prisons and i know them and how he admired them and and their and their work and so forth and he appreciated their services and their ministry to him and so forth and uh, so then the next this morning, when I got to work, I said to my supervisor. I told him what happened. I said, "I'm assuming the inmate contact form to report this incident. That I, even though I I never, I'm never going to see this guy again. I probably wouldn't recognize him now. I have to look up his case, look up his number to report. And once I looked up his number, I looked up what did he do, why was he in prison, and and, uh, you know, I, I got to learn a little bit more of his history of this person that I had this very brief interaction with the night before him. And, and i mentioned there it was him and his wife and his brother was there at, the, at this uh, elopement ceremony. And, you know, it was an interesting thing. You know, I, it's a story I could tell all of my coworkers that this was something interesting that's, you know, not something you necessarily expect but I've had the opposite happen as well. So here, this is a person, he's already maxed out. He's already served all his time. He's not even on parole. So perhaps there's not even a a real obligation for me to report, but my supervisor said it's worthwhile to report it because maybe there's some, they might be contact with another inmate in, and now this guy has my phone number and there could be some issues. So just to keep an eye on these things and make sure that there's no problems with that, but then I've had the opposite
0: happen. So, so to but, explain but, how having having your number because he knew how to call you to get the wedding performed means that he has a he can somehow trace where you live, and I mean, and therefore he could like what can he do? He could get a message sent to somebody in Waymart. What are they worried about exactly?
1: Oh, there's so all kinds of things that they could worry about. You know, uh, it's it's might not even be worthwhile to mention because uh, who knows who's listening? We don't want to give any ideas. <laughs> I see, you
0: know. I see. In other words, basically Yitzhak, like what you're saying is is that it would be in a perfect world, the CEOs would be like you know manufactured clones that basically don't like they're just they're just like robots that are doing their work. Doing it with some compassion and feeling, but there's there, the 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 possibility of any sort of personal interaction could somehow lead in some way to like a Danamora type of thing where who knows that you know the right in other words the relationship has to be completely uh, cut off. In prison, of course, itself, you don't give any personal information to any of those uh, incarcerated people, even though you you feel close You're to not them. Not supposed
1: and you, to, but you want you you know they they have ways of finding things out. That's the thing. They do have your name. They do have you know that is right. Public. So
0: I don't get it. I mean, you know, this guy who was not an inmate in uh, Waymart, but was an inmate in another state prison. Somehow, you have to file a form. Now, what about you know? Again, who knows what you know? The prisoners are know about you. I mean, they know your last name. They know your right. They know things about you. You give you give personal information, clues to them, right? If you're talking about some sort of devious man,
1: they try to keep a secret. You know, if they're married, if they have kids, you know. We, I had my predecessor at Waymart was an an Anglican priest, so Anglican priests could be married, but he wore a collar. And uh, he kind of wanted some of the some of the uh, inmates to think maybe he's a Catholic priest, you know, that he's not, you know, he's not married, doesn't have kids, and then, I one, get of the it. Said, then so... one of the said something to him about, oh, uh, you know, your your kid played the soccer game very well yesterday or something. He's like, don't say that in front of the inmates. I don't want the inmates to know I have a. Uh-huh. You know, you know,
0: I guess what I'm thinking about here, though you're not saying it, is that if you, give out, if you give that type of information away, if they have buddies on the outside that they could send messages to, all of a sudden you're compromised because since right. they know where you live, they could send some hoodlums to your house and they could uh, blackmail you or force you to do things to help the guys on the inside because now they know where you live. I guess that's what you're talking about, oh, a yeah. scenario like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even though it's, it was, again, with most of these cases, it's quite unlikely, but just we'd rather be careful uh, and not take any chances. But as, I, as far as the story that happened yesterday, I had the opposite happen also. Uh, so when when the new inmates come in, they have an orientation, and I'm part of the orientation. All the different departments orient the inmates to, you know, introduce who's who and and all these things and, you know, what kind of services we offer. So, I'm there to provide. It was a few years ago. I'm there to do the orientation. And again, like I said, I've done over a thousand weddings. So the the one inmate who I still to this day would not recognize. He said, "That's the rabbi who did my wedding," and I remember the wedding. He described the wedding, but I didn't recognize him from the wedding. Uh, that's that's how much uh, <laughs> that's how, how much uh, I put into these weddings. But I remember this, I remember where it was. I remember all the things he told me. It reminded me, but I still wouldn't recognize him. I don't even know if he's still there or not. But again, it's
0: when that occurred, you then had to, um, since he knew you in a personal way, you needed to now fill out a form that that, that this occurred. Right. And and, and,
1: and the thing is, you know, uh, these are small towns where most of these. Prisons are it's hard to avoid knowing people we we do have there was one inmate who was a Catholic priest and this c o told me and you know obviously he had to fill out the paperwork that he was a parishioner and uh, you know that it, it he's he's uh, you know and he's the block officer there and one of the inmates was was his was his pastor you know so it's uh it, it, I, I, you know, so he had to, again. He had to report that, but the the prison did not seem to have a problem with it as long as we're honest.
0: And, about you know, it. I guess. I, I guess what's look the paperwork is one thing. Um, the hesitation to make a connection is something else. Uh, before we get to that, which I think is what's bothering you, because you, uh, you know, even though we have you on the program uh, because of your professional uh, capacity as the chief of chaplaincy, we know that uh, your home has always been an open one. Uh, for especially members of the Jewish re- Jewish religion to to inspire them with your story and with your humor, uh, with your family, and th- like I said, this undercuts your ability to do that because this would be verboten. If you would if you would discover someone who had been in Waymart who now came to move to the city you live in, White Lake, um, you would not be able to. Again, it would violate. Uh, your your the the regulations of your position for you to begin a new relationship with this person, even though they've served their time, and you might perhaps be primed better than anyone else to reach this person and help them. I think this is what is bothering that, you,
1: and that that is indeed because I I had another I had an inmate who left the who left Waymart, and he reached out to me on Twitter. And I, I didn't have any problem with him reaching out to me on Twitter. I, I kind of, he was a Jewish person. I want to be Makar of him. And I, but I reported it and they said, well, this, you have to block him. You can't allow him to follow okay. you on Twitter. It seemed that he, he set up the Twitter account really just to, to follow me because I, I don't see that he even followed anybody um, else on Twitter. So in other words, but,
0: when you support it to your supervisor, it doesn't go to some dead letter box. It actually is read by your supervisor. The supervisor or secretary reads the form, and well, then it's, and it's, then there's it's, it's
1: a security a, office that that that. that, that and that's then there's the,
0: probably you know it, it may be, hopefully a human being, checks it out and aligns it with whatever the standard procedure is and then you get an answer within a couple of days about how you should proceed right if
1: if i have a question like with this wedding yesterday there's there's nothing to proceed but if an inmate is incarcerated they might want to move him to another prison in order to avoid this you know that he has a separation from from the staff member for whatever reason uh-huh. Uh, which you know usually would be because they had some kind of a fight or something like that, or if they had you know some kind of an inappropriate, well, may, you know, maybe you know. I understand. Relationship yes. at the time. I mean, we have both men and women who work in the prisons, and the but I'll tell you what: we've had chaplains who members of their religious community. Uh, on the street, you know, were incarcerated. They knew them from before, and they reported it. And as long as it was all reported, there was no issue. But I think it's more the issue of, and, and again, because that was someone they knew already, and there was nothing inappropriate about the relationship, so they didn't move the inmate. And But on the other hand, I would like to be able to be McCarve, you know, invite an inmate over for a Shabbos meal or something, and Things like that once, once they're out, if there's someone who I feel comfortable with doing that, not everybody I would necessarily feel comfortable with that. And we're not allowed to do that. are not allowed to be in contact with their I, family. Yeah,
0: I see. In other words, I guess and, and that it could really go very far. So we have the risk, as we've talked about, because what it can turn into. I mean, we never know. A, an inmate appears to be um, rehabilitated, but you never know. They might be holding a grudge, and that could uh, ricochet back against you, right? It might right. be that that person's, you know, like, like, um like, like Afsholom and Amno, right, who acted like he was his best friend, meanwhile, planning the whole time uh, to kill him. So you could have something like that. And I guess the state needs to protect you. You're part of their neches and, you know, they don't want to have that sort of things to happen. I guess what I would say is, look, I know you're frustrated because I know you as a human being and I know what makes you tick. And I know that this this to you would be the it's it's like the second step of the rehabilitation. There's you in the formal guise there at Waymart, but now especially if it's a person who you can minister minister to in reality as part of in, in your religious mode. And I know it 's frustrating not to be able to do that, which to you would be the complete rehabilitation and coming back to god the the love as we say to stir with love to bring him the love of human beings and the love of God, and you 're not able to do that and 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 again, there is another option' to push back for a second, which is you know you can hand him off to somebody else, you could say, "Look, you know I really respect you and but because of uh, these regulations. It can't happen, but I know somebody else. And, you know, that, you won't have that satisfaction, but you will be able to perhaps do that. I guess that wouldn't be out of bounds, right? If there'd be another uh, Rebbe Makarov type of person that you could uh, perhaps shunt that person towards, that, that might work. Um, but I, I think, you know, since this is about criminal justice reform, I guess what you're proposing, or at least putting out there for our listeners to know about is that maybe this is something that CITEC Association, Aleph, and others need to look into and say, maybe there's too the 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 tendrils are too tight. Perhaps this this is it's not uh, we we have to realize that there's got to be some element of trust and there's, there should be a way that uh, there should be at least exceptions or some ways that that after a certain amount of time has passed, there should be a there should be a hoop that you can jump through that indicates that things should be all right. Uh, if everything is verboten, then it, it creates a hesitancy. And you're saying you uh, you feel like you're walking on eggshells. Maybe there should be a way that you understand certain situations maybe need to be reported. Maybe there should be an option for others where you could continue. I
1: everything to... be reported. I don't, I don't have a problem reporting it. It's just that and, and th- these stories particularly were not any issue to me at all but i the,
0: understand
1: your issue was that was these you know people who i do want to be macabre i do want to have or they want to ha- or they want to you know authentically or you know, there was one guy a syrian you know syrian jew and he was you know he he, he we always, you know he lives he's from flatbush uh he lives somewhere else now in brooklyn but he said it's going to happen we're both going to be at the same chassan in Borough Park. You know that's going to happen sometime. You know it hasn't happened yet. Where he said, "Or oh, I might just show up at your shul sometime." And again, that hasn't happened yet. But uh, I'm kind of hoping it doesn't, as much as I would like to personally. I think that would be a, a nice thing. But because of my position, I, I'm, I'm I'm going to have to hope it doesn't happen. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, you know I, again, you wonder if. Uh these type of regulations are um, the same in Europe and other places, places that we talked about, Sweden and other Scandinavian countries where the whole prison system is different. It's possible. I'm, I'm just wondering if uh, these type of regulations are there as well, because even knowing there's regulations, I guess, uh, creates a hesitancy. And I think that's really what we're talking about. So this is news to me. I was happy that uh, this was an issue that, that you feel uh, perhaps needs to be looked into, a, a sort of an overlooked aspect, which, uh, you know, which is, I, I think really fits into the theme of what we've been trying to do, which is bring to the forefront problems. And hopefully uh, we can do something to alleviate this or make it at least more manageable and uh, and give, if not exceptions, but at least uh, a way that it doesn't seem like you are as frustrated that uh, there's, that that frustration shouldn't rain the way it does. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.